very happy to be with all of you here at St. Francis de Sales Church in Newark as we uh, continue to celebrate uh, Catholic Schools Week. I greet uh, Father Sizemore, Father Gentry, and Father Lonzo. I'm grateful for the presence of our deacons and for the presence of all of you. Let me also say a word of thanks to all our uh, school administrators and teachers here present. Thank you for all you do to give the gift of faith to our young people, and especially to the parents who make so many sacrifices uh, to send their children to Catholic school. To one and all, I thank you. My dear young friends, I also thank you for your presence among us. Your faith is a sign of hope for our church and for our world. Indeed, our feast day today is a sign of hope, and it's a feast of children. Actually, up until about 50 years ago, today was the last day of the Christmas season, 40 days after the birth of Jesus. It was known as Candlemas Day. From the 4th century in Jerusalem and 5th century in Rome, this day was celebrated with the blessing of candles uh, and then a great procession through the streets. Usually it took place just at dawn when things were dark, but the light was coming out. The candles would be blessed, and people would walk through the streets into the church for the Mass. Christmas is a feast of light and a season of light. Jesus was the true light which enlightens every man. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome the light. Christmas season and Epiphany, we remember the great star which shone in the sky and led the wise men from the east to find the child Jesus. And they were greatly delighted when they found the star, and even more delighted when they saw the mother with her child, Jesus, the world's true light. Jesus, at one point in the scripture, says, I am the light of the world. Constantly there are these forces of light and darkness. Even today, why do so many people love a film like Star Wars or the whole Star Wars series? Well, there's this constant battle between darkness and light. But again, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could not overcome the light. We too also try to walk by the light of faith. Jesus helps us to see the way in which we should walk so that we don't stumble, but rather we see the path that leads to life and eventually eternal light, that is heaven. If you think about even the regular calendar, December 21st, very close to Christmas, is the shortest day of the year. And then the days start to get lighter and lighter. Until, and then at springtime, we really celebrate a rebirth. Smack dab in between December 21st and March 21st is today. And then the days grow lighter and lighter. With spring and Easter time, we celebrate the definitive victory of light over darkness. Today's feast of the presentation of Jesus in the temple is also a feast of light. What does Holy Simeon the prophet say when he sees the child? My own eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared in the sight of the nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. Jesus is the world's true light. And in school, we try to learn more and more, especially in Catholic school, about Jesus, but we also try to learn about the truth. The truth, though, is not an abstract person, abstract idea. It is the very person of Jesus. 
We want to know the truth about things, about creation, science, math, history, so that we can know exactly what we should do and how we should best do it. And yet, the light of faith opens new horizons to us. Think about how many people came to the temple that day. Many people just came into the temple to worship God and to pray to God. How many of them noticed that the child Jesus, who was God, was there in their midst? Perhaps they saw a carpenter and his wife and a baby, and that's all they saw. Simeon was enlightened by faith. He was a just man. He was in right relationship with God and his neighbor. He was devout, devoted to the service of the Lord as a priest. And he was awaiting the consolation of Israel. He was awaiting an expectation of the Messiah. But this word in Greek, consolation, paraklesis, is also very similar to the word paraklete, which is what's used to describe the Holy Spirit in the Greek language. He was filled with the Holy Spirit, and so he could perceive things that were not obvious to the naked eye. That this child was no ordinary child. He was the salvation of the whole world, the light of revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of God's people Israel. This was the long-expected Messiah, but only he could see it. Catholic schools allow us to see things in a new light. And the Catholic faith allows us to appreciate that, in fact, there is a God, and that the students who populate Catholic schools, indeed, everyone in our world, is made in the image and likeness of this God. My parents were immigrants to the United States. My father wanted a better life for his family. The Vietnam War was on. But there was a shortage of doctors in the United States. My father took his U.S. medical board exams in India. He passed on the first try and was immediately granted his green card. He put all his possessions into a trunk, put them on the back of his motorcycle, and rode his motorcycle to the airport. And he came to the United States to seek a new life with hope in the light of what Lady Liberty offered. He came to the United States, got off the boat, had $5 to his name. The nuns, the Sisters of Mercy, they ran a hospital, and they promised to give my father a place to live. They opened their doors to him. They gave him food, money for food for the first few months, and he began to work, and then he could bring my mother and brothers over. My mother and brothers came over. They had never seen snow. It was a whole new world for them. My oldest brother had started in public school. He was the first non-white student at the, at the school. He was not allowed to use the drinking fountains in the lavatories at the same time as the other kids because of the color of his skin. So my father went to the parish priest and said, Father, can you help us? Can you talk to the principal at that school? And the priest simply said, Doctor, your son can come to our school. He's a child of God. And my father said, but I can't afford to pay. He says, doesn't matter. He's a child of God. He can come to our school. To pay, my father would give free physicals to all the students in the school so they could play sports. But that began something new for our family because the priest could see by the light of faith that this was a child of God, that an injustice was being done, that the nuns could see by the light of faith 
we should give a, pla a person a place to stay and help him to eat. Faith helps us to do these things. And so we began in Catholic schools. My parents had three more children in three years, so we were five boys in a family, a poor family. But from Catholic schools and Catholic education, from one family, three doctors, a judge, and a bishop in the Catholic Church. That is the power of Catholic education and Catholic schools and parents who are willing to stick by their children and teachers who are willing to work with students and bring them along. Our Catholic school was not so great as this. We were a poor parish. We had a leaky roof, so we had buckets in our classroom. Our school building was right next to an oil refinery, so the sky was black. But we were happy, and we worked hard, and we studied hard. Everyone wanted to get out of the neighborhood, to get out of the darkness and into the light. And that's what Catholic schools help us to do, to get out of the darkness of error and sin and into the light that leads to life, a better life, not only here below, but even to heaven. Yes, the light of Christ shines in the darkness. So this is first and foremost a feast of light and therefore of hope. But it's also a feast of encounter. God comes to encounter his people. We heard in our first reading from the book of the prophet Malachi, suddenly the Lord will appear in his temple. And one day, 40 days after his birth, in accordance with the dictates of the law, Joseph and Mary came up to the temple carrying the child, who is true God and true man. There was an encounter there between God and his people in a particular place, in a church. And just as it happened in that temple, so too it happens in every Catholic church. The encounter between God and his people, the word of God into the hearts of the faithful, or God himself in the Holy Eucharist coming into our souls. God comes to meet his people. But there was also an encounter between generations. You had the child, you had the child's parents, Mary and Joseph, and you had elderly people. Sometimes we think old folks, they just don't get it anymore. You know, we have our technology, we're more sophisticated than they are, they just don't get it. You know, my grandparents, my grandfather on my father's side didn't even know his date of birth. My grandparents, maybe the most, had sixth grade education. My father was the first one in his family to complete high school and he became a physician. My mother, the first woman in her family to complete high school and she went on to get two master's degrees and an ed specialist degree. Generations. But my grandparents wanted something better for their children. And, their, and my parents wanted something better for their children. And my brothers want something better for their children. Generations hand on not just the gift of education, but the gift of faith. Mary and Joseph came up to the temple in accordance with the dictates of the law because of their tradition, because of their faith. They wanted to be obedient to God and to the law. In the law of Moses, it said that the firstborn child had to be given back to God. So, after 40 days, Mary was considered to be purified, though she was pure of heart anyway. And so they came up to the temple. Then, because they were a poor family, instead of giving the standard offering of a goat or a lamb, they gave two small turtle doves because they were poor. 
And they went to find any priest, and they found Simeon. And they would typically a family would give the child to the priest. The priest would give the child back to the parents, and the, uh, the parents would give five shekels to the priest, five coins to the priest. And the child could live with the parents more. Mary and Joseph did this, and in doing so, they met two older people, Simeon and Anna. Simeon had been waiting there in the temple. He had been told he would not see death until he saw the Christ of the Lord, and then he saw him. In an encounter between a young family and an old family, there in the midst was Christ. So too, Anna, the prophetess, had been a widow for a long time, lonely. She too saw Mary and Joseph, and her heart was filled with joy because salvation was at hand. Encounter. Here in this place and in Catholic schools, we encounter the Lord. We see what previous generations have built up for us in faith and have made possible for us so that we can make the most of the opportunity to learn about God, to learn about nature, to learn about the truth, but at the same time, to build strong friendships. I, I read a, a fictional book called The Shadow of the Father. And it's written by a Polish author. And it's a fictional story about the life of St. Joseph. How he met Mary, how Mary was on the road, how Mary was with, with child and didn't know how to tell Joseph. How Mary was journeying one day and met an old priest and helped him to get up to Jerusalem, to the temple. Turns out that old priest in this fictional book, in this book, was Simeon. Now Mary meets him again and her heart is filled with joy. Sometimes it's good to stop and say, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my parents. I'm grateful for my grandparents and my great-grandparents. And to thank them for the opportunity to study in Catholic schools. During Catholic Schools Week, maybe our hearts could be filled with gratitude at the encounter. And especially with the encounter with the Lord. But in addition to light and the idea of encounter... There's also the idea of offering. Surely, many people have made offerings or sacrifices so that we might have this opportunity. But Mary and Joseph came up to the temple to offer to God, not merely five shekels, but to offer the child Jesus back to his father. Jesus would then begin his public ministry. The most precious thing in the world to Mary and Joseph was that child. They gave the child back to God. They gave God the best of what they had. Jesus himself, and we heard in our second reading from the letter to the Hebrews, was our high priest who suffered for us. But he was not just the high priest. He was the victim. He was the one who offered, but he was the one who offered. And he would go to any lengths to save us. Indeed, at his birth, eight days after his birth, Joseph gave the child a name, Jesus, which means God saves. And God comes to save us from our sins. God offers his very life so that we might have eternal life. He gives us a share in his friendship. And so we have to say at each and every Mass, what am I ready to offer to God? What sacrifices am I prepared to make for others? 
Am I ready to give God the best of what I have? Of my mind and intellectual abilities? Of my voice, if I can sing well? Am I ready to give God my best effort, even if I don't always do everything perfectly? If I don't get a perfect grade, but I've done my best, well, that can be a beautiful offering to God. What are you prepared to offer? Sometimes we think, I don't have much to offer. There is a Latin phrase, pauper sumego nihil habeo cor meum dabo. I'm a poor man. I have nothing. I will give you my heart. If only we gave God our hearts. Sometimes we think, I don't want to do something. I don't want to do this homework. I don't want to take out the trash. I don't want to do my chores. Well, we can think, ah, God, because I love you, I will take out this trash, and you know that I don't want to do it. But because I love you, I offer you this little effort with all the love I have in my heart. And that is pleasing to God. We say we are a priestly people, but do we offer? So many people have made sacrifices for Catholic schools. You young people don't probably realize it. Your teachers make a lot, lot less than public school teachers. But they come here and they make an offering for you. Every day they get up in the morning and they offer the best of what they have and who they are for you so that you might have faith, that you might grow, that you might experience something of God's love in the classroom and out of the classroom. I grew up poor. I am not much for providing a private education for rich kids. The reason Catholic schools exist is to transmit the faith, and transmitting the faith means transmitting something of God's love from one generation to the next generation. And if we don't do that, then we have failed in our mission, utterly failed, because we can have very intelligent people who do not have love. And that's what our world needs most. St. Bonaventure says wisdom is knowledge infused with charity, with true love. We want you to be not just smart or intelligent, but truly wise. Anna, Simeon, Mary, and Joseph, they were not the best educated in the world. But they were wise beyond all telling. They knew what mattered most. The child who is the world's true light, who is the world's salvation. And it is the child who is the light that banishes the darkness and destroys the eternal darkness, which is death itself. Come, let us go into the presence of the living God here in his temple and offer to God the best of what we have for the salvation of the world.